the peace of our Lord be with you. To have the Bible on our side is not necessarily the same as having Jesus on our side. And nowhere is that truth more clear than in this morning's lesson from Luke. When the religious leader became angry at Jesus for healing the bent-over woman on the Sabbath and said to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, not on the Sabbath day. The religious leader clearly had the Bible on his side. Though it was not divided up into chapters and verses at that time, Deuteronomy 5.13 and Exodus 29-10 through 10, to be exact. However, as you will no doubt have noticed, having the Bible on his side did not mean that he had Jesus on his side. You hypocrite, Jesus said to the religious person with the Bible verse. Don't you on the Sabbath loose your donkey and give it water? Then ought not this woman be loosed from her bondage on the Sabbath? Calling out the hypocrisy of those who use Scripture literally on others in ways they would never apply Scripture literally to themselves. Which remains one of the most common hypocrisies in popular Christianity to this very day. The practice of using the Bible on others in ways we would never apply the Bible to ourselves and expecting to do so with impunity for as long as we live. Because all of our friends do the same thing. It's almost as though somewhere back there we all sat down and entered into this unspoken agreement that we would never call one another out for all the ways we use the Bible literally on others in ways we would never apply the Bible literally to ourselves. One imagines that if Jesus were as present here 
in the church as he was present there in the synagogue in today's lesson from Luke. Jesus might say to us here what he said to them there. You hypocrites, using the Bible on others in ways you would never apply the Bible to yourself, taking a stand on the verses which work for you, and taking a pass on the ones which don't. After which, because Jesus is Jesus, he would help us. He wouldn't leave us just bent over with shame. He would help us. He would help us to repent, to change, to honestly, truly decide to do differently, to make a whole new beginning as though we were starting first grade with a brand new Bible which had never been used to hurt or harm or exclude anyone. In fact, if I had only thought about it earlier this week, I would have called the chairman of the finance committee to ask if there was enough money in the budget for us to just buy everyone in the church a shiny new Bible, like the ones we gave a few moments ago to Mary Phillips, Ianu, Graham, Hallie, and Vaughn. So we could all just start over with a brand new Bible which had never yet once been misused. But of course, as we all know, it isn't really a new Bible we need as much as we need a new way of reading all the Bibles we already own. Learning to read and use our Bible the way Jesus read and used his in ways which make the pain of life lighter, not heavier, for those who, like the woman in the story, have long been bent low by life, learning to read our Bibles in the light of and through the lens of nothing but love, so that going forward, our Bibles don't come between us and Jesus. The largest part of my work plan for the sabbatical this summer was to read the whole Bible, every word, skipping nothing, which took about three and a half weeks, which, needless to say, causes many thoughts to rise in a person. The one thought that formed most often in me during those three and a half weeks of reading the Bible for, you know, three or four hours a day 
was that there is a lot of pain in this world. And we can use the Bible to add to that pain and make it worse. Or we can use the Bible to subtract from that pain and make it better. And as a Christian, it seems to me that the way to use the Bible and read the Bible and handle the Bible in ways which makes the pain in this world lighter, not heavier, less, not more, is to be content to use our Bible exactly the way Jesus used his. Don't you know that Jesus knew that somewhere in Deuteronomy and somewhere in Exodus it said work should be done on the other six days unless it's a life and death emergency don't do work on the Sabbath. Don't you know if the ruler of the synagogue knew that was in the book Jesus knew it was in the book of course he knew it was in the book. And he placed the need of the person before him above what was in the book. Which is exactly the way we should read and handle and use our Bibles. You just have to have Jesus in your heart, folks. You just have to have Jesus in your heart when you open your Bible. <laughs> and then read your Bible and handle it exactly the way Jesus would read and handle his. This summer, as I was working my way through the Bible, when I came to that passage during the first week of July, in Numbers chapter 31, verses 1 through 35, where the Bible says that God commanded the people of God to go back to Midian and kill everyone who was left, including infants, because they had left some alive. But to spare the lives of the virgins so they could be brought back and distributed among the soldiers of the people of God? I didn't have to reach for a commentary or call on my seminary education to know that that was not true to the Spirit of Jesus. You just have to have Jesus in your heart, sisters and brothers. And by the same way, when on July the 3rd, a full month before the events of August 7th in Canton, Carthage, Morton, and beyond, when I stumbled across Leviticus 25, 23, where God said to the people of God, all the land in the world is mine. 
I own all the land. That means that all of you are immigrants in my eyes. I didn't have to reach for a commentary to know that that was absolutely true to the spirit of our Lord Jesus. We just have to learn how to read the Bible in the light of the life of Jesus and handle our Bible exactly the way Jesus handled His. But doesn't that result in some picking and choosing? Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Which is, in fact, the only way rightly to read your Bible. Picking and choosing. Which parts are true to the Spirit of Jesus and which parts aren't. And of course the truth is everybody already does because everybody has to. Our friends and loved ones at Fondren Prez and First Prez, Galloway and Pine Lake, First Baptist and Broadmoor, St. James and St. Andrews, RUF and Young Life, Northside and Northminster, all of us are picking and choosing our way through the Bible. Tell me how many people you know who have done away with their home security system because Matthew 5.39 says, do not resist an evildoer. How many people do you know who have done away with their surplus possessions because 2 Corinthians 8.15 says those who have much should not have too much as long as those who have little have too little. How many folks do you know who believe that their salvation is tied up in their economics despite the fact that Luke 14.33 says unless you give up all your possessions you cannot follow me. Let's just be honest folks. As they used to say back home in Macon, let's just shut this corn right on down to the cob. <laughs> what we need to do with our Bible is, first of all, be honest about the fact that all of us, all of us, are picking and choosing our way through the Bible, which we must, and which, let's be honest, we should. So the only question that remains is, by what measure will we do that picking and choosing? As followers of Jesus, we know what the answer is. We just have to get Jesus down deep in our hearts so that we learn to read our Bibles in ways which make the pain of life lighter, not heavier. For those who, like the woman in the story, have long been bent low by life. Learning to read our Bibles in the light of and through the lens of nothing but love. So that going forward, our Bibles do not come between us and Jesus.